Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? In the advertising agency world, the phrase, new business is the lifeblood of any successful agency, gets bandied about. One agency entrepreneur was wise enough to write a book called Lifeblood about that very subject. His name was Tony Micus, the founder of the resource for small and mid-sized agencies called Second Wind. Second Wind's second-generation COO, Lori Micus, along with two sisters, carries on the powerful network of Second Wind, where every day they help hundreds of agencies be better agencies. You do not need to be anywhere near marketing communications to learn from Lori's understanding of leading a generational business while serving her end clients, her family, and her community. I'm so glad Lori Micus of Second Wind answered my first call to be a guest on this, the 52nd episode of Generation Excellence. Well, hello, Lori Micus, COO of Second Wind. And I thank you for, for joining. And, and it's long overdue that you are on this podcast and that we sit down and do this. Well, thank you to our conversation today. Thank you. We've known each other um, many years, and I appreciate you having me here today. Yeah, we are. Our SMZ is a proud member of Second Wind and uses the information, the data, provides data, yep. uh, has our people go to classes. In. And for those who don't know about it, we'll talk at the end about how to reach you and the, the phenomenal sure. resource that you are. Uh, but you all are here and representing, you know, a next generation of an organization started mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. by your father. And I, you know, there's always those started on a table in the kitchen kind of businesses, mm -hmm. which I think this truly is. Yes. And just, can you just, from what, you know, you know, and what it's become sort of the mythology now of the founding, mm -hmm. the starting of Second Wind, if you would yeah. take us back yeah. there. Sure, absolutely. And and you're right. Um, 1988 was the first year that Second Wind um, really started, and in in and my father um, was uh, in the agency business for a long time mm -hmm. prior to starting Second Wind. So from as far back as I can remember, you know, being a little girl, um, going with him on the weekends into his office <laughs> spaces, um, you know, he had run an agency, and that agency kind of grew organically out of a business that he had prior to that. And, and my father was always a very entrepreneurial individual. Okay. Um, there was never a time that I can remember that he wasn't thinking about something or doing something or having a little business idea. And, and Tony uh, always had really interesting and unique and forward thinking ideas. So, you know, the agency kind of grew out of another business that he owned, which was a printing company, sort of okay. an instant print company that he started in the late 60s or early 70s. And I remember um, I was young back then, but I remember being in that business and kind of, you know, watching what they did there, putting pamphlets together and stapling sure. things, printing things, the new technology of the day, kind of the instant um, print. So my father um, would work with customers and they'd come in and they'd say, well, you know, can you print this? I need this for my business or I need these business cards or I need this brochure and 
I think from a very early point, he realized that some of the design and the messaging was not very good on these things that people okay. were bringing into him. So a couple of employees and, and he started in the back room and it was literally a back room at the back of the print shop with a round table and about six chairs. And, and they would sit back there and, and they started to germinate some of these ideas about advertising. And they put a sign on the door and they called it the answer group and about four or five of them. Hmm started this little mini agency inside this printing firm. Um, so they loved that business so much that they sold the printing firm and focused on the answer group full time. And, and, so that and, became the agency. And your father, Tony, was a, a, a writer or graphic designer or both? Or He was mostly a writer. He was I, on the creative side, on the account service. I'd love dealing with the clients and, 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 and conceiving ideas and strategies for them uh, to help them move their products forward. So uh, the answer group kind of grew organically out of that business. And there was about four of them that started and he ran that business by himself and his, with his employees for a long time. And it grew and it became so big that he felt that, you know, so big by small business standards, you know, felt that he needed a partner. So he brought one on eventually the agency became Micus and Reese, and they operated that way for many years, growing probably from four to 40 people at their right. height um, of the agency business. But as sometimes happens, he and his partner ended up not liking each other very oh, much, and right. they decided to go their separate ways. So in lieu of taking half the clients and opening up a competing agency across the street, my father felt as an agency owner, a smaller agency owner, that there were not a lot of resources or mm. advice or guidance out there specifically geared to growing and building a smaller agency. He and his partner really figured it out as they went along and they made a lot of mistakes and, and, you know, the four A's was always out there for the big guys. For the bigger agencies and their fee structure, right? Yep. Correct. And the small guys never had anything. So he decided that he was going to start something different. And that is really when second wind was kind of conceived, you know, how can I help other smaller agency owners who likely felt like I did as I was growing this agency, lacking resources, lacking camaraderie, lacking networking, lacking training for my people. And tell listeners where that physically was, because I think you're the first person on this podcast from Wyoming, Pennsylvania. We are. So um, is, that, is that where 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 the genesis? It is. It okay. is. Um, I mean, the closest medium-sized city is Reading, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. which during its heyday was a thriving industrial center outside of Philadelphia. Um, Wyomissing was a, a community that grew up around- I know I wasn't pronouncing industry. it right and you would get me. You are pronouncing it right. Um, uh, that grew up around that industry. Um, and then, um, you know, we were really raised here and have lived here our whole lives. My father's agency was in Wyoming, and then um, the second, the when second wind started, he also um, got an office in Wyoming. So yeah, we're in Pennsylvania, about fifty miles outside of of Philly. Yeah. And I had asked that because you know you're fifty miles from Philly, and you're there, and 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 yet second wind, which is kind of the idea of of like a second act, right? And starting yeah. all these nautical motifs that you bring into it, right? 
And so what, was your family really into boating? And, no, uh, no, no, okay. not at all. In fact, Second Wind was really, I think, my father's idea of kind of his second life. You know, yeah. he had gone through this this um, journey of of starting an agency and growing an agency and bringing on a partner and you know going their separate ways. Uh, you know, he this was a very personal kind of brand for him. Um, you know, so personal, in fact, that you know initially a lot of people didn't get it. You know, second wind. Mm. What does that mean? Right. You know, he very easily could have called it Micus Agency Consulting sure, sure. Um, or something like that, but but did not. Um, so very personal kind of brand, second wind, second life, second kind of go around. And, and you know, this was all he did uh, until he passed away in 2015. So it really was kind of his second life. But b- before we kind of go there, which we'll sure. talk about that in a moment, you know, you talked about the kitchen table thing and, um, you know, how this was started and, and you know, it really started as just a few seeds of an idea. He didn't even know if it was going to work. Um, and I remember him calling me when I was, I think it was a sophomore in college. Um, and he said, I just need to tell you something. Um, I'm going out on my own. I'm leaving the agency, starting something different. Hmm. Um, gave me a little bit of insight about it. And I remember being sort of fearful. You know, my whole life I'd watched my father kind of own businesses and grow businesses. And now suddenly, you know, he was kind of stopping and starting over. So I was old enough to not quite understand. I knew what that may mean, but not quite understand how that might affect me or not affect me. So I came home that summer on my college break and he had printed at the local printing company, um, 25 letters, uh, 25 response cards, uh, gave me a list of like 2,500 oh. labels oh. of small agency owners around the country. And I sat at a table in the dining room and I I stuffed all of those envelopes that summer um, over my, my summer vacation. And he paid me a you know, few bucks to do that. But I was really part of Second Wind from the very beginning just by doing that um, and getting those pieces out on the street. And he didn't get his first call until I went back to school, which would have been in late August, early September. And he called me and he said, we got our first member. Um, it's an agency from Alaska. And he oh, called wow. and left me a message on our on our machine. At that point, he was routing it to a phone in our home um, and said, yes, I get it. I I feel like you felt um, let's let's do this. So we had our first member, a member in Alaska um, that joined, and my father was so excited to just have that synergy, I think, with another agency owner that had felt the same way. Hmm. And we've just gone on since 1988 and, doing and, what we know, do. I mean, the, the business today is, you know, of course, a huge digital resource for agency people, but but yet you still are doing this. You're talking to me recorded yeah. on a podcast. You yeah. talk to hundreds of agency leaders and their teams. And I know, I mean, the early business model was, you know, Tony spent a lot of time on the phone talking to yeah. the clients, yeah. The, yeah. the the members. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been that resource plus personal connection, yes. right? Talking to people. Yes. Uh, so we- you're in, so what were you off in school studying? Were you, yeah. I mean, of course, you weren't on a path to join this thing that was a startup. So, no, what were you planning no. to do? 
I mean, I think in the back of my mind, I probably knew at some point I would work for my father in some capacity. Um, You know, his father was very entrepreneurial. Um, My father was very entrepreneurial. I think that spirit kind of passed down through the family. So either I would have started a business on my own or potentially come and work for him. And you have have a couple of siblings, correct? I do. I have two sisters. And, uh, who also work in the business. So, and and and, and where are you in the age brackets? Of- I'm the oldest. Okay. And then I have a sister who's five years younger and another who's 11 years younger. So there's a pretty big... And, and so were they, all of you, were you not discouraged from joining, of course, but it wasn't, you're told you're going to be in this, you know, this is the no. family firm and you're going to work here. No. Okay. In fact, our our father said, listen, go out and do something different. You know, go out and, you know, I was studying art history in college okay. and then I got a master's in art history and I worked in the field in Chicago for a number of years. You know, my father said, I'm not ready for you, even if you're ready for me. That's- go out there, get a job, get fired, get beat up, see what it's like out there. And then if you want to come work for me, we'll talk about it. So it was never um, it was never expected. It was never, uh, you know, given that we would or he would want us. Um, My middle sister, Heather, um, practiced nursing for many years. And my youngest sister, Jenny, um, you know, was was working um, in documentary film for a number of years. So we all kind of did our own thing for a while. But my father had this incredible draw. You know, he just knew how to appeal to his daughters and get us back here one by one to come and work for the business. I do think he had those were his motives from the beginning. You know, they they say if you want to keep something, set it free. So he said, get out there, see what it's like. And slowly but surely, one by one in our birth order, we came back to work for the company. Yeah. You know, he I mean. From I told you, I think I had an older copy of that book, Lifeblood, about yeah. you know business development mm-hmm. part of the business. The thing that agencies of all sizes in all eras are always wrestling with, you know, how yeah. do you develop and generate new yeah. client relationships? And I, you know, clearly this is a business that practiced what it preached from the original lust list, targeted yeah. direct mailings, follow ups, generate clients, keep them get new ones, keep them. Um, But even practicing some of that on you all, you know, cultivating the family members to kind of join the fold. And and that idea of of starting with sort of best practices, but then becoming like training resource and research services and and all these things. So second one has grown both. How how many client members do you have today? The first one in Alaska. I, that's right. That's right. And and actually, I they may even still be a member, although they've gone awesome. through a couple of mergers and iterations sure. of the agency. And I think the, the principal has long retired um, since then, the one that had joined Second Wind initially. But we're between five and six hundred member agencies, um, typically anywhere. You know, our sweet spot has always been anywhere from 15 to 35 people. But we have agencies that are smaller and we have agencies that are bigger. So our full scope is anywhere from two to 100 employees uh, in terms of our client base. Yeah. So that really does give you a pretty good pulse of the crazy world of marketing communications firms and their yes. specialization or their generalization or their yes. geography or their 
you know, and what they are and what they're trying to become. So yes. you know, best practices, training, you brought research services. In the earlier days, was there anything that Second Wind added on or tried to add as a service? What, like, what's the famous thing that just was a flop? Uh, well, anyway. you know, well, and, and, and certainly there have been a number of products. I know there've been a lot of hits and wins. So I, you know. A lot of hits and wins. And I think, you know, you touched on something earlier about, you know, how, you know, we've become a digital resource, but, you know, Tony spent a lot of time on the phone with our members. I spend a lot of time yeah. on the phone with our members. You know, we kind of viewed the web and those digital resources as a enhancement to what we do and not a replacement for what we used to do. So we've really maintained a high touch attitude. Okay. So our doors are always open. You can call anytime. You can send us an email. That's been very important to us to keep this a relationship-based business because the more I know about our members individually, the more I can help them and the more sure. our team can help them. So, you know, that's something that has always been important to us. But as far as a product that didn't quite take off or didn't quite make it, you know, um, you know, as well as I do, that agency software is the bane of every agency mm. owner and employee's existence. And there are a lot of fine systems out there, but it's never been a one size fits all. And agency owners and, and um, operations people are always looking for the next latest, greatest operating system to make their lives easier to streamline processes, et cetera. So Tony had an idea um, many years ago, even before some of these packages that are out there now were in existence to develop a fully integrated okay. agency system, front end and back end. Yeah. Hired a developer from Wisconsin who was recommended by a second win member in that market, worked on it for a number of years, got members to invest in it, get the product in exchange for your investment. Sure. And it just could not. My father had such a specific vision for what the system would do that the, the developer could just not bring it to life, unfortunately. Probably so, an idea ahead of its time a little bit. Well, and, and, you know, quite honestly, um, Tony was one of those people. As I said, he was yeah. very forward thinking and not afraid to take risks um, like with Second Wind. He had no idea whether this would work or not, uh, but he was willing. I think he felt strongly enough that there were others out there like him that he was willing to give it a try. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know your father well, but it's it uh, forward thinking, but he's, he probably was a historian of the agency business, not just that he'd been in it so long, just, yeah. and that's a really interesting thing. Like they talk in sports, there are these people who are the great athletes in their sport, and they know of nothing that came before them. And then they're the ones that know all the shoulders that they stand yeah. on. Yeah. And I'm not judging either one of those because they both come from different places, but I kind of am more of the ones that study and student of history because you can learn from it. And yes. Uh, well he enjoyed history in general. Why am why am doing was, that? He was a voracious reader. Um so you put anything in front of him and he would have read it uh about the agency business or or any other topic. So I'm I'm pretty sure that as he was building his agency, 
he tapped into resources that he could find, but his idea was to bring all of those together. Sure. Um, and to not only learn from others that were out there in our field, but to learn from other member agencies uh, who, who came to Second Wind um, as members. We, you know, some of the greatest source of our information comes from our members who are doing really unique and 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 progressive things when they run their agencies. So we tap into that and take that and push it out to all of our members to be able to benefit from. Yeah, no, that's that. I mean, that and, and with so much, you know, there's a lot of garbage out there. So you're trying to find good stuff. Yeah. Tell, tell me the, the you know, as a, as a founder who was a copywriter and a creative director, and you've got this sort of thematic around be a better agency. So I love that concept of it's not about necessarily getting bigger. It's just about getting better. And then what right. comes with it? What, um, What's like some of the other sort of um, mottos, credos, language that you either emblazon on your wall or build into the content of Second Wind or, or the, are the repeatable things from the early days? Oh, I have to think about that. You know, we used to publish um, our Second Wind newsletter. Okay. Um, which would go out monthly in a print version. And, and all of the content really, not I shouldn't say all, but about 95% of the content that we distribute as part of Second Wind is written by Second Wind. So we're right. not a curator of content from other resources. And, and I think the underlying theme in a lot of what we put out there to our members is that, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, any problem that you have today, another agency has already had and probably solved. So mm -hmm. tap into the power of shared information, tap into the power of networking. You know, I think one of our greatest themes, be a better agency, sure, that's a great outward facing motto but you know more than more than that is really you don't have to go it alone um you have yeah. companionship that you can tap into um a lot of agency owners i think because many of them are entrepreneurial because many of them start these businesses at their kitchen table they feel compelled that they have to do it on their own mm -hmm. like if they don't for some reason they feel like well i failed i can't solve that problem on my own or i can't figure that out on my own i must not be good enough to be able to do that well you know we're all only human and we can all only do so much and and we learn by tapping into the collective knowledge of of groups um, and, and I think that Tony provided a safe space for people to be able to say, I need help. Um, I need guidance. I need advice, particularly in an industry where many people are not good at asking for it and not sure. good at taking it. No, I, I had jotted down the other day problem solving as, as what agencies are often so good at. Getting paid for that is a different for their clients. Uh, whole different podcast. Problem solving for their clients, and then yes, applying it to to themselves or thinking that you've you know or not necessarily uh, having more the theme of the month instead of sort of the stick to it right. that we tell our clients to have with a concept yes. with an idea. Yes. Uh, so as you have that that um, feedback loop of listening and connecting and talking and and mm -hmm. and even getting data from all of these agencies and have now for 30 some years and as you look a little bit further out into the future you talk about your father being forward looking you are too 
what, I mean, because we always talk about, you know, the net business has never been more challenging. There's more platforms, more networks, yeah. more, you know, splintering of, of eyeballs and ears and, and all of that. And, um, and, and, and then the tenor of, you know, politics and the tone and the, the, the yeah. economy and environment, all that noise that's around it. Yeah. What are you excited about in the future as Second Wind supports these hard charging marketing firms? Yeah, I think that, you know, since I've been at Second Wind, which is 1996, is when okay. I first came on board um, to work. I've seen for, a lot. <laughs> I've, I've, it's almost 30 years. So in, in um, two years, it'll be 30 years, which I I, I can hardly believe it. It goes like, it goes like yes. that. Yes, it, yeah. it went like that. Um, absolutely. But I've seen, you know, particularly the last 15 years, I think, you know, the agency business was somewhat stable, I'll say, for many, many years. You know, we understood television. We understood outdoor. We understood how to, how to you know, um, facilitate PR for our clients. We understood branding. And, you know, all of a sudden, agencies were kind of thrown this curveball of digital, which moved faster than any agency I think ever experienced you know when when you know we we had radio we lived with radio for years the and years speed before or the radio any other media came around you know it was it was you know a few that you could use and, and digital I think has had had just thrown many agencies uh, a curveball because of the speed the the lack of understanding the knowledge it was technology-based agencies were not particularly um, predisposed to technology. Um, in terms of understanding it or using it or utilizing it. I, I really look forward now because as we do our annual survey every year, you know, 10 years ago when we asked members about their comfort level with digital, it was way low on the scale. Sure. That has continued to improve over the years um, and new tools that are available to kind of cut through the clutter and allow them to understand more about the data, more about decisions with respects to digital opportunities. I really am excited now about the fact that agencies, I think, are at a place where they can really harness from a more expert in a more expert way, utilizing digital tools and digital vehicles for their clients. And, and I agree. Just, just calculating the annual survey data from this year. And for the first time since digital became a thing, digital media spend is more than traditional media. Which spend. means means the smaller and mid-sized agencies you serve are mirroring the, yes. the larger global trends. Exactly. And, and at the same time, you have to apply that to your own business. Which is how to evolve digitally and with technology, right? So you're yeah. you're in client service. The, your clients are in client yeah. service. We all have a client, right? We always remind ourselves of that. Correct. So as a as a as a family organization, second proud, independent, second generation business that you are, that part of it. Yeah. Uh, is there, um, you know, and your 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 two sisters? Are there any um, of you know your kids, nieces, nephews? involved in the business, looking to be? I mean, is there a third gen on the horizon or already there? I don't know. Tough to say, you know, only my sister and I um, have um, children and my father was an only child. So we have no cousins, no aunts, uncles on his side at all. Um, On my mother's side, yes, but, you know, that's they're just not, um, have not been active in the business in any way. 
So I have the oldest child of us who's a junior in college. Um, so they're not quite ready, I think, to make those decisions yet. Um, and each of us have one um, in high school um, as well. So, you know, they're, I don't know. I think we're probably of the same mind that my father was. You know, would it be wonderful to have them come and, mm -hmm. and continue on this, um, you know, legacy? Absolutely. If they want to do something else, by all means, I want them to be happy in their careers and and, and what path they choose. Um, so that remains to be seen. And, you know, I've been here 30 years. I'm 57. I'm not looking to retire yet. If I've got another 10 years um, where I want to work, that's plenty of time for at least a couple of them to figure out whether or not they want to come here. Well, and, and part of your, your organization's history of serving agencies and then your own firm going through, you know, continuity type stuff is that you do get involved now in that as one of your services, right? Counseling, talking to firms about selling, transferring yes. ownership to the next generation, yes. M&A yes. type stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. taken over um, that, you know, I've taken over that type of work. Uh, my father used to do the majority of that, but I've slowly come into that um, since um, since 2015. Uh, not having had a lot of experience when he was alive because he really spearheaded most of those projects. Okay. But, you know, I've kind of come into my own now and uh, help people with succession planning, um, uh, you know, working on a couple projects where I'm making some matches between buyers mm -hmm. and sellers. And that's all very exciting because the majority of them are smaller, you know, agencies and, and the owners, you know, aren't necessarily relying on the sale or the succession to be able to retire and, and have that money to, you know, do what they want to do. But sure as heck would be nice to see the agency live on. I yeah. think for many of them, you know, having to shutter the place is not really an option they want to think about. So whether it's internal or external, they'd love to see that legacy continue, especially if they don't have family. Uh, that's coming into the business. Exactly. And that, I mean, and part of my reason for doing this podcast when I first started it was a, like you do data aggregation. It was a way for me to talk to people in various generations okay. of firms with, with legacy already, but just how they're dealing with the future and the current and, yes. uh, and then maybe others listen and get something from that. So you've got a couple siblings in the business. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you all make for your own business operation and its future planning and growth, how you all make decisions. Oh, boy, um, pretty easily, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've always been close, um, you know, growing up. You know, we kind of lived by the motto that you don't stay mad for long. You kind yeah. of hash it out. You talk it out. You don't you don't hold a grudge. Um, so when we. And my mother is still a shareholder in the business. Okay, in fact, okay. it's an interesting dynamic. She still has majority equity, um, which okay. was passed to her through my father's estate. Um, but even with my sisters and I, who each have a have shares um, around the same, again, based on birth order, I might have sure. a little more than my next sister, and then and and then on, um, you know, have she has more than the next, but not by much. Um, even when we need to make decisions about the business, despite the fact that my mother is the majority shareholder, she kind of leaves it up to us. Um, right. Things that we want to do, things we want to invest in, changes that we want to make. 
um, we incorporate her in those conversations. But because she's not working in the business every day and we are, she relies on us to really tell her what we feel um, are the best next steps for Second Wind. And, and she trusts us with that, which is which is wonderful to be able to have. Um, you know, because she could, by her majority um, equity, veto yeah. us at any point. <laughs> and and both, um, in, you know, uh, with this in the thematic of you know, be better, both as an agency, as a company, as a person. So, what would what's something that you all at Second Wind are are noodling with as um, you know, developing not the big software system for all agencies, but you know, a, a new capability you're looking to bring to your client base or, yeah. uh, you know, sharpening the saw, if you will. What, what's something that you're looking at? Yeah. And I think we've already started down this path a little bit. You know, COVID was a very um, interesting time for all businesses, not just agencies. But, you know, for Second Wind, that is a business that exists on communication with agencies and interacting with agencies. Mm -hmm. You know, we all certainly went dark in about 24 hours, mm -hmm. you know, our governors sent us all home. We weren't allowed to come into our spaces. And, and suddenly agency owners and employees and second wind, we all lost our lifelines. You know, where was everyone? How do we get in touch with everyone? It took a couple of weeks for people to kind of reappear after that initial kind of shutdown. Um, and as we spoke with people, we found that, you know, many were feeling kind of lonely, you know, I yeah. feeling like they had lost some of that connectivity that they had had prior. So um, we developed a couple of products th that really came out of COVID to bring people together face to face and, and give them that ability to talk and share and problem solve. And so we formalized a couple of products that are six month engagements where we bring 10 agency leaders together and they work on problem solving and helping one another. Um, we have plans to extend that to 12 months or potentially a perpetual group if you'd like to be involved in a perpetual group. So I think for us, the next couple of years really are going to focus on networking and kind sure. of getting back to our roots, which is bringing people together Second wind, again, as many other businesses have, suffer from short attention spans. You know, I'm on this community this week. I'm on this board this week. I'm over here next week being part of this group. You know, we need to kind of get people's attention back in terms of not second wind as a resource, but other members as a resource. So we really want to focus refocus again on community because that used to be one of our pillars and and before the internet age we did a lot of that via fax and via telephone and it was very successful so i think for us kind of focusing once again on community and bringing people together in different ways um yeah. is is, is right. where we think it's at <laughs> i think i think i joined some of the betas of those groups in the in the period of time where we were working you know 100 percent remotely during yeah the COVID period. And, and yes. I mean, it's hazy and fuzzy because it's, you're doing triage as a business owner yes. and you're trying to um, figure out stuff. You're not doing super future planning. You're dealing with, you know, things in the here and now, but I remember just seeing these people in different markets, some of whom were in their offices, just depend on mm -hmm. the place they were, or, uh, and hearing their voices and they're kind of, that we're all chasing around some of the same things. You just, mm -hmm. you did, you just went, Okay, misery loves company, I guess. Right. I mean, it, was, 
it wasn't anything more than that. Um, and and you got yeah, and you got a few nuggets of ideas from it, and you ran. I I, I took a lot of notes and notebooks back in that era because I knew I wasn't going to remember things. Um, yes, yes, and, yeah. And, but I did get some definite value from that, and I'm a joiner of some of those kinds of things. So yes. and then for yourself personally, any any new skill or capability you're working on, or you know, learning an instrument or a language or something. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, with respects to business, I have to say that I do really enjoy the work we just discussed, which is helping people plan their futures and their okay. exits from the agency. I think I have found, you know, Second Wind has always kind of come from the perspective that, you know, sure, we're a for-profit business, but we want to make our services accessible so that people can utilize them. I don't want to, you know, price ourselves out of the market because we really do enjoy the work that we do. So I want to focus a little bit more on, you know, helping people kind of get to that next place, whatever that Maybe there, there, there's there's something sort of poetic about helping people with their own second wind. And, yes. And and third chapter or fourth or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, in, in life. But it's it's, uh, you know, and I think a lot of that is rooted on what plans folks have for life after work. If they're yes. doing something with their business, because if it's their life, then. Correct. And that's some, but sometimes that's part and of you, that. You bought a book from your family called Life Blood and you're still, it's in the blood and you, <laughs> yes. can't, you can't get away from it. It is. Uh, so I enjoy that. I'm going to continue to work down that path to focus. And that's really, that's really bespoke work because while there's certain principles of that, every place is different. You could have multiple. Every places. assignment is different. Yeah. Yeah. The different personalities. Different situations. And and I think what I found, what I it's found. Not, it's not about the, it sounds to me like for you, it's not about the financial transaction, like lawyers and those kind of advice. Correct. It's about all the other stuff. It yeah. is. And, 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 you know, I want it to be a win-win for everybody. Um, and I think the part I enjoy most about this work is the mediation, getting in the middle between two people and helping them meet at a common ground, helping mm -hmm. them you know, both walk away feeling satisfied that I got what I wanted, although I might have conceded a little bit here or conceded a little bit there, I was able to walk away satisfied. And I really enjoy that work, kind of that mediation aspect um, of bringing people together and, and feeling good that we all hashed it out and we're all satisfied with the result. And, and I have to I have to ask this unique to this podcast, you know, my, my father having passed away six months ago yes. and our uh, he my mom who passed away years before him had done all of the good work for governance so that the 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 business moving on to next generation was that part of it was seamless. Right. And whereas other organizations don't plan for that kind of stuff and can be really left in a lurch or in a mess. So yeah. I know your mom's majority shareholder, you and your siblings. So with you know your father's passing at an earlier age, was that was that um, super disruptive, or were things you know because that's something to advise firms on, right? Is that was that it, something in good order? It I, is. Okay. It, it is, and 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 some of the you know some of the way I advise some people don't like to talk about are are hard lessons that we learned. Um, you know, my father was not a planner in that respect. Um, yes, he gifted us some shares because he wanted us to be, you know, vested in the business. You know, he wanted us to to, to stay and to be here, but he was not a planner. Um, you know, when my Mine father, 
my father passed away. You know, he had no cemetery plot. He had no funeral plans. He had no will. Um, you know, well, maybe oh. he did have the will, but, you know, um, lots of things were not laid out because he did not like to tempt the fates in that way. So okay. just some things that, you know, we didn't plan for. Um, and yes, it was very disruptive. It was disruptive because he had a year long illness that my sisters really helped to okay. take care of him. I focused on the business. There was a lot of things I didn't know. So it took us several years to really find our footing. And that is part of the advice that I dispense to others is, listen, you may feel that you're invincible as an agency owner, and they're going to carry you out of here in a box, as they say, but anything can happen at any time. So you need to Remember that not to be a fatalist, but you need to be a realist and say anything can happen. So let me get those foundational peers in place um, so that if something were to happen, hopefully it won't. But if it does, the transition will be less bumpy. That was a hard lesson for us to learn because it was not at all expected and that groundwork had not been laid. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things, I mean, having now done 50 some episodes in this podcast series, and there are certain common themes and there are things that are very different in family organizations, generational ones. But one is either they very easily got around tables and talked about this kind of mm -hmm. stuff, or they skirted it and kept talking about, you know, the sports game of the night before and couldn't get to the matter at hand. And it takes them sometimes the facilitator, the mediator, the third yes. party, the somebody to to put some heads together and go, yeah, you just it's a few documents you need to do. But if you don't, it, it, you, you're you're you could mess up a whole legacy thing in a short yeah. period of time because then a will is your will, right? The will of yeah. the person, what they yeah. would like to have happen, and especially someone who's a writer, it could articulate that probably pretty well of what the vision yes. is for how it carries yes. on. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't mean to bring us down with morbid stuff, but it is, I mean, we all do go. Yeah, so absolutely. So not doing the paperwork around that, like that's going to affect that. I, I don't believe Correct, that. correct. It, it, and it you're is. not going to buy yourself more time just because you do that, right? When your number's up, it's up. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and then uh, because you're talking to your members all the time, you're then with your family, um, you then, you know, you, 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 you're listening to podcasts and there's ads inserted in it. So you're, you're kind of always on for this kind of a business. How do you yourself, um, what do you do to, to not escape, but, you know, to get away or clear your head or, or sort of hobbyist passion stuff that you do outside yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my husband and I enjoy um, buying properties around town and renovating them. Um, so we have a small rental property business that we run just as an LLC. Um, the two of us were both very, um, we get a lot of satisfaction um, working with our hands. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I love to pick up a hammer and get those aggressions out if I can. And demo is my favorite part of any renovation <laughs> project. So we enjoy doing that. And then I have a little space in the basement where I go and I let off some steam by doing crafts or painting or paper cutting or whatever it might be. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm so cerebral at work in terms of conversations and the type of work that I do here that I find when I want to let off steam and, 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 you know, kind of relax. It's always with my hands. Wow. I mean, so yeah, both 
tearing stuff down, building it back up. There, there are certain metaphors at play here. There are. There, they absolutely. I think both both of the kinds of work that I do, head or hands, you know, the end result many times is the same. It's just the the vehicle is different. Yeah, and it's it does it it's you know I think it's just anything like that that requires some focus and 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 just that focus that takes you away from other stuff so you can then focus on maybe the uh, matters at hand. I yeah. I've I've sort of wrapped up uh, every other podcast I've done in this series and the no one question except this one that I've kind of asked every time yeah. which is what you would say has been the most fulfilling thing for you about this generational business. Oh, I think by far being able to work with my family. I mean, I am very proud of the accomplishments that we have made um, as a company. I'm very um, humbled by the way we have touched and, and helped people's businesses and, and the gratitude that they express for that. Um, it, it's unmatched. You know, I really enjoy the relationships that we've built with our members um, and feel that we do give a lot um, of ourselves to help them. That's very satisfying. But, you know, being able to work with your family, um, you know, have that connection, be able to kind of, you know, work together during the day and go home at night um, and kind of have our own families there. We're nice. all very close. You know, we live within two miles of each other, all four of us, you know, my whole life takes place within like a five mile radius of my home. So, you know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity to be able to really work with their family um, in life. And it just adds such another layer and element to the dynamic of the workplace. And hey, if I got to go to a doctor's appointment or a football game for my kid, nobody's going to say anything. Right. <laughs> you know? Wonderful. It did sound a lot of a lot of parallel description to my relationship with my siblings with how SMZ operates and yep. even, even, you know, clients that we're really simpatico with any, you know, you're, you're the, this is, this is really kind of befitting the roots of second wind because your, your, your father wrote and, and talked a lot about building, nurturing those initial relationships based on asking a lot of questions mm -hmm. and then listening to answers and learning from that and then doing stuff with it, not just, yes. you know, being just an interviewer and ditching. But um, so I've asked questions. I try to listen. But is there anything I forgot to ask or touch on as it relates to uh, Second Wind as as a, you know, a thriving generational family operation, family enterprise? I just think it's interesting that, you know, the vision of my father was so personal. You know, this was really something that grew out of his own experience mm -hmm. um, growing and building his agency. And the fact that we were able to, as children, kind of come into this business and get it. I think a lot of it has to do with watching him and how he how he operated, how he worked in his, how hard he worked in his life and how much we admired that. You know, I said he was a man who always had ideas and he didn't hesitate to try those ideas. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, we all admired him and how hard he worked and how hard he worked for our family to provide um, that, you know, I think that, you know, we second wind or any other business, no matter what it was that he would have started. Um, I think that we would have been on board with that and we're proud to carry on that legacy. 
Um, and, you know, listen, growing up, seeing my father in the ad business, we all love advertising. Um, we all run around the office singing our favorite ads. So it <laughs> kind of is in our blood. Yeah. Um, you know, again, regardless of what the business was that he would have started, we probably all would have ended up there. But, you know, it's even more satisfying to know we're working in an industry that he loved so much. Um, and that we love so much as well. And, 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 and we're grateful that he started this company and we're able to carry on uh, that legacy. So Beautiful. we're going to do everything we can to continue to make him proud. For, the, for those who would like to connect with Second Wind or connect with you, Lori, what's the best way for listeners to go about that? Email is perfect. I'm in front of it all day long <laughs> and even on the weekends. So my address is Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E at secondwindonline, and that's all spelled out, .com. And I'll put that in the show notes. Lori Micah, COO of Second Wind, I thank you for joining Generation Excellence. Uh, it's a pleasure kind of hearing your family story and being a small part. Thank you very much. I was happy to be here today, and it's a great topic, Jamie. I'm glad that you do this podcast. I'm sure there's lots of lessons to be learned um, from all those that you talk to. Generation Excellence is a production of SMZ Advertising. Thanks to Joel Bienenfeld, Jeff Martin, and Bridget Georgeski for help with this program. Thank you for listening, and please share, leave reviews, and contact me if you have any thoughts, ideas, questions. Until next time, 